0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call two three four eight zero three four eight one zero eight six nine, or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. on entering the city of God. This is part five. That subject we're dealing with that this morning. Our test is Revelation 21, verse number one down to um, to ten, and then to verse twenty, or whatever the case may be. But let's look at it from verse one to ten again. I will let be reading this as a major test of the of the subject. And he said, "And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea." And verse 2 says, praise the Lord. And I just saw the holy city in New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adored for a husband. And I had a great voice, a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and it will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Let me again try to explain something here. If you go back to the Old Testament when God was speaking to Moses to build him a tabernacle, there's a statement he made, Build me a tabernacle that I may dwell with my people. In other words, the tabernacle brings the presence of God among the children of Israel. So wherever they find themselves in the wilderness, as the case may be, as long as the tabernacle was there, God was there with them. Now today, the tabernacle is not a physical one, a corporate one and an individual one as well. Praise the Lord. You are the temple of God. So that gives you the assurance. When it says the tabernacle of God is with him, what it means is that God is dwelling with his people. Praise the Lord. So that consciousness will be in your mind that wherever you find yourself, God is with you. In the first place, because we are the temple of God. Praise the Lord. Skip to verse 10. And he said, verse 10 says, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, Holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her life was like unto stones, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And verse 12 says, and he had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates, the twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east, Three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west, three gates. So that's 12 gates. So, Ezekiel 48, verse 32. Ezekiel 48, verse 32. And the word said, praise the Lord. Now, we read right verse 1. Okay, Ezekiel 38, verse 1 and 2. Let's take a... No, 31 and 32. Let's take that so that we can just follow. Ezekiel 48, 31, 32, 31 says, And the gate of the city shall be after the names of the tribes of Israel. Three gates not well, one of them of Reuben. One gate of Judah. One gate of Levi. We've with, with those three gates. Proud to this time. So go to verse 32. And at the east side of the 4,500. And three gates. And one gate of Joseph. One gate of Benjamin. One gate Of Dan. Now we're going to be dealing with the gate of Joseph today. Hallelujah. The gate of Joseph. Now, the name Joseph actually means increase. And he was the elder son of the two sons of Jacob by Rachel. Rachel was a mother who, on the occasion of his birth, said, God has taken away my reproach because then. She they having children. Leah had first before Rachel came in. But Jacob loved Rachel. As it were, mother Leah. You know the story, right? Joseph was born in Pada Aram. That's Mesopotamia. Probably about the year BC 1746. That's when he was born. Praise the Lord. So the Lord has added in the Hebrew, Yeshoph. To me, another son, you find out in Genesis 30 verse 24 so after the false son and he said, the Lord has added to me so he's actually talking about the increase. something has been added to um, what I have before. Praise the Lord. And there is something very unique about this man. Um, Jacob loved Joseph so much if I may use one more than his children, I mean all other ones because he was a son of his old age, it's like saying more or less like the last born but was a son of his old age, he was already old before Joseph came in and there was something all of you know everybody knows about the coat of many colors that Jacob made for Joseph, right and uh, what people don't really know was that that, that coat was Um, Something that was given to maidens and princes You know It's a sign of royalty That's something about that quote Praise the Lord That is a sign Of riches And high class people So you could do that for him Praise the Lord And uh, you know all of about that and then we also find that Joseph dreamed a dream which spoke about his future. The Eleven stars buying down the moon and the sun. Um, and this actually increased the hatred of his brothers towards him, which we find in Genesis 37, 5 to 7. I'm giving you the background to who Joseph is or was. In Genesis 37, 5 to 7, you find that Terrible hatred came in because of his dreams. And then in Genesis 41, if you started it from 54 to 57, you also begin to get the story of the famine that was the land of Egypt. Remember? His were angry with him, they sold him into slavery. Initially, they wanted to kill him, but Reuben said, No, let's not kill him, let's just leave him there. And then they sold him to slavery. Judah was able to maneuver as well. Remember the story? And then he was taken to Egypt, and then, like a slave boy in Egypt, at the end of the day, he was also tempted by the wife of Pharaoh. Uh, okay, let me also say this: you see, the word Pharaoh doesn't mean one king. The word Pharaoh means is a title, so there are other people, other pharaohs. Is that okay? That existed. It's a title, just like have OVA or OB, whoever send the throne is an OB or an OVA. Is that okay? it's not the person's name it's a title it's a function so pharaoh is a function so this particular pharaoh that bought um uh, joseph may not be the pharaoh that oppressed the children of israel in egypt is that okay are we together all right so we had when he was in the land of egypt there was this terrible famine that took place and uh, we know how that joseph was able to gather up all the monies in the land and then um, He was about to get his people from canaan to come to egypt and provided a place for them which is called goshen where they were staying and all of that he was so much powerful in egypt that everybody was now he was more or less in charge though pharaoh was there in a figurehead but everything depended on who on joseph amen there is something again that I find very interesting about Joseph here. In Genesis, I think 41, but 46, we find that Pharaoh gave him another name other than Joseph. He gave him the name Zephna- Zephnathia. That was the name that Pharaoh gave to Joseph. And he was married to Asenath, which was the daughter of the prince of On. And thus became a member of the priestly class, Joseph was now about thirty years of age. As at that time, about 30, uh, thirty years of age, when he got married to Asenath, an Asenath from a priestly family, and so you find that eventually Joseph became a priest because he was married to a priestly family. Come on, are you following what I'm talking about? Yeah, you cannot marry a daughter of a of a priest and then she becomes holiness she can't be demoted you have to ascend to meet her status are you still there with me So you find that because joseph got married to this woman who was a priest automatically joseph became a priest a very interesting story praise the lord are you there? all right so the name given to joseph zephnathia or Pinea, is 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 quite an egyptian name But it means something which is very important. It means a nourisher. Or nourisher of the living one. So you find that that name again was describing who Joseph was going to be. Or was or is in the land of Pharaoh. A nourishing one. That is very important because it was very prophetic. You find that. Joseph ended up being a nourisher, not only of the Egyptian's household, not only of the nation of Egypt, but also his family. By the time his father and the rest of the children came to Egypt, Joseph was nourishing them. Are you getting that? So that name was very prophetic. It was given to Joseph by Pharaoh. Okay. Uh, what Pharaoh was actually trying to do is, Joseph nourishes me and my family. That was what he was trying to say, but he never realized that that was very prophetic because he was going to be speaking about even that which Joseph would do, not only in, in the land, but also his own people. Praise the Lord. And may God raise you to become a nourisher in the name of Jesus. Uh, okay. Um... I'm going to speak something on this, but let me also mention it. Just about the man of faith, I'm going to describe it much later, and then you'll find on in Hebrew 11 verse 22, we we'll find that uh, he instructed in Egypt that when he dies, his bones should be taken to Canaan. That was an act of faith. But Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. I'm going to say something on that. I'll just give you a background to everything about Joseph. Is that okay? Hallelujah. And this was faith. So he exercised faith. Joseph was a man of faith. Um, we also find the same thing that happened to... Uh, Moses as well and so on and so forth. But let's get to the prophecy of Joseph where we need to deal with the life of this man as it relates to what we should be experiencing in entering the city of God. Amen. Genesis 49 verse 22. Genesis 49 verse 22 was a prophecy on Joseph by the father. So let's take that. And the Bible says Joseph is a fruitful path. Even a fruitful path by a wall whose branches run over the wall the acres of solid grieved them and shot at him and hated him but his bow abode bold in strength and the arms of his hand were made strong by the hands of the Almighty God of Jacob from thence is the shepherd the stone of Israel even by the God of thy father who shall have thee and by the Almighty Who shall bless thee? For the blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep, light on the, that light on the blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of their father have prevailed above the blessings of their progenitors, unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph, and on the crown of his head of whom, of him that was separated from his brethren praise the Lord this is a prophecy that came out unto Joseph and these are the areas basically we are going to analyze and to be able to see how we ought to be walking in entering the city of God the spirit of Joseph as a gate okay um, let's quickly read this again from NIV Genesis 49 from verse 22 from the NIV Joseph is a fruitful vine the fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall with bitterness acres attack him they shot at him with hostility but his bow remains steady his arms stays limber because of the hand of the mighty one of jacob because of the shepherd of the rock of israel because of your father's god who helps you because of the almighty who blesses you blessings of heaven above blessings of the deep that lies below blessings of the breast and of the womb your father's blessing are greater than the blessings of the asian mountains than the bounty of old age hills let all this rest on the head of Jacob, of joseph on the brow of his spring among his brothers praise the living god so let's begin to look at something about the life of joseph that is basically the prophecy that uh, jacob gave before he gave up the ghost. And uh, in my course of study, I found it very interesting. A lot of things were ministered to me when I was sharing, I mean, looking into the life of Joseph. One thing, basically, that stands out in the life of Joseph is that he has the spirit of forgiveness and humility. In entering this city of God we're talking about, we must imbibe this spirit that this gate represents. The major thing that this gate represents is humility and forgiveness. Praise God. In, in Matthew chapter 5 verse 39, it's an interesting reading. Matthew chapter 5 verse 39, the Bible says, but I say unto you that you resist not evil. Whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And Joseph kind of demonstrated this particular spirit. Hallelujah. He had all the opportunity to revenge for what they did to him. But he will not. Are you with me? He will not. So, he completely demonstrated this particular scripture. He believed that vengeance belongs to God, in quote, He was not going to pay back anything. He was not going to revenge whatever they have done unto him. As a matter of fact, when his brethren came to him, he wept, recognizing that these are his people who sold him into slavery. I always want to ask this question. Do you truly have the spirit of forgiveness in your heart for those that have wronged you, for those that have offended you? For those who don't even, I mean, they sold him into slavery. Even when they tried to confess, I said, no, 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 no. You taught it for evil, but God taught it for good. And that's why the scripture says, all things work together for your own good. To so those who are called God. So it doesn't matter what anybody is trying to do to you. If your heart and your mind is in God, even that thing they assimilate are trying to do to you, will turn out for your own good. joseph demonstrated practically that it is possible to turn the other cheek hallelujah come on are we are, are we together you see you need to come to that place of understanding your life what is it that people have done to you he was a humble man he had humility he was meek he was gentle In father as a matter of fact i would say he was christ personified hallelujah I want you to think about it. Search your spirit. We are talking of entering the city. We are talking of possessing what God has for us. We are talking of coming to the place where that which God truly has for us will become ours. We are talking of having fellowship with God continually. On a regular basis. Because we are with him in the same place. The tabernacle of God is now with men. Humility and forgiveness. Hallelujah. This, I believe, is one of the most difficult tasks for every believer. It's a very difficult task for every believer. The issue of forgiveness. The issue of humility. But the truth is, if you can capture those two principles, you are Christ's life manifested on the face of the earth. Stephen had the same thing. They were stoning him today. Lifted up his hand and said, Father, I cannot discharge against your sin. Don't have this one among them. It's like saying, I'm forgiving them. They might be stoning me, but I'm forgiving them. I'm going to die, but I'm forgiving them. Don't add this sin among the sins they have committed, or the charges, or whatever they have written against them. Jesus was on the cross the same thing. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I remember one time somebody told me, oh, the time that time is gone. They know what they are doing now, so we've got to fight them back. <laughs> You should be wiser than Jesus, I'm sure. Praise God. Are you there with me? All right. I mean, if you can really think about this scripture, but I say unto you that you resist not evil. Don't resist evil. Don't fight back. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And that's the difficult thing to do. Oh, you slap me? Now I will let you know who I am. But you see, your fighting back is not really who you are. Praise the Lord. Are we there? I want you to understand this. Let's imbibe the spirit of forgiveness. Let's imbibe the spirit of humility. God actually says in this word, He resisted the proud, but gave a grace to what? To the humble. In other words, wherever is humble, there is a place for lifting. There's a place for a higher ground of movement. If you can learn to be humble don't resist i mean evil for evil don't try to do that don't try to pay back joseph will not pay back praise the living god so these are the gates that we're looking at number two factor about joseph as part of the principles that we need to begin to involve to be able to enter into the city of the living god the second major principle we we'll find is mature sonship He was a mature son. He demonstrated the spirit of maturity. Amen. In doing the will of the father. Mature sons do the will of their father. This is what he did in Egypt. He bought the whole land of Egypt for Pharaoh. All other people were coming in to buy stuff. He got all the money. And then much later, the that people came in paying and giving them food. And then he was able to apportion certain percentage to Pharaoh. In fact, he was a custodian of the whole land. And that defied Jesus Christ in relation to redemption. Jesus came into the world and is buying the whole world back unto who? Unto God. Praise the Lord. So it's like Christ redeeming the whole wall unto God. Bind back the wall unto the Father. Our focus should be how we get men into the kingdom of God that will bring joy and glory to the Father. Because see, Jesus has paid the price, but you see, it is our responsibility to get men to know what the Lord have done. Just about the whole of the line of Egypt for Pharaoh, Jesus about the whole world for God. In your responsibility as a son, it has to do with how many people you can turn on to righteousness. Praise the Lord. So you see, one of the major principles by which you enter into the city gate is how much concern you have for the lost souls. How you trying to populate the kingdom of God. What effort are you making to bring truth to people? How are they respond,ing or how you're trying to make sure they respond to the call of God upon their lives. These are the things that qualifies you to enter into the city of the living God. Are you following me? God will speak about Jesus. This my beloved Son, in whom I were pleased. Hear Him. All because of what He was going to accomplish. Not just ordinary. Sacrifices like the Egyptians, I mean the Hebrews were doing, it's not just only the sacrifice, but it turned many unto righteousness. It brought them back unto God, who are supposed to be the lost souls. How consign are you? So you see, when you are winning souls, you are turning men into righteousness, and you are already performing the very duty that Joseph performed in Egypt. He bought the whole land, Christ died for the whole world, God wants everyone redeemed, and it is your responsibility that this is done. So I ask you, how concerned are you about souls? What effort are you making in turning many onto righteousness? Tonight's ago I was dealing with somebody who had a very terrible issue on Facebook. Just sent me a note and said, I need prayers. I said, what do you want to pray for? What do you want me to pray for? So I pray that I can continue in the faith. I just laughed. And as he was talking to me, I decided to go to his profile. And I saw the whole of his profile. It was rubbish. And I knew immediately what his problem was. We discovered about 30 minutes. And the next thing he told me, he said, Thank you for saving my life. And I have to ask him, first of all, Drop this your account and open another one. Because even the relationship you have in that account cannot cause you to serve God. There are some people you don't need in your life if you want to move forward in God. Do you understand that? And she told me, thank you so much. I'm going to do that immediately. And then he sent a phone number, please help pray for me. I said, I will pray for you. Praise the Lord. Are you following what I'm talking about? You see, whatever medium you have is meant to serve the gospel of Christ. Some of you open this Facebook just for... They call it social, social media. So it's all about talk. You just talk rubbish. You just post nonsense. You know, pictures on Instagram, foolishness, being exhibited. You know, sometimes all you show is your face. Show your face all the time. I don't know what's in your face that you want people to see all the time. What's in your face? Praise the Lord. Your face, your children's face, your, your husband's face, your wife's face what is in those faces? want to see christ praise the lord is anybody following what i'm saying you go to some people's pages you don't see a word you don't see a word about christ it's only their picture they pose this way they pose this way they do this one. <laughs> what is that got to do with god man nothing serve god with every ability you have Turn many to righteousness that is maturity So Joseph was a mature man and was turning everybody to come into the kingdom, buying up the whole land, handing over unto Joseph. Joseph was now ruling and reigning over so many people. Wisdom was manifested through Joseph. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Uh, Number three factor of the gate of Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a wall. That's what he said. Can I get a picture of that? Let me show you what a bow is. Praise the Lord. Now you look at this. I don't know if you can see it. A fruitful bough. You see that? This thing is planted by the wall, but it's spreading over. Across the wall. And I like this. It's spreading over across the world. Now you look at what we we're reading about and said, there were attackers and all that. You know what? People trying to stop Joseph from becoming who God said he should be. But no, Joseph grew, multiplied, and could cross over the wall. No obstruction can stop you when you have the spirit of Joseph. Nothing. Let me erect the wall. Let people, whatever is this. There is an energy, there is a spirit in you, that can move above all circles. You will still blows up, you will still prosper. In the midst of difficult time and hard time, there is prosperity in your spirit. It's a fruitful Bible, you can't stop yourself. Will I get envious, be jealous, put him in the pit, you know, put him in prison. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, even in the prison, he prospered. You can't stop the spirit of joseph are you with me that's what it means a fruitful bath now the word bath is very important we need to define that for you the word bath or ban actually means a son what you see there a fruitful bath b-o-u-g-h that word in hebrew is ban or ban Ben, as a matter of fact. B-E-N. That is what is in Hebrew. And it means a son. Not just a son. A son as a builder of the family name. Praise God. Are you there? It speaks of relationship. It speaks of that which include grandson, subject, nation, quality, or condition. And for me, this is very important. Joseph was not just a son, but a son that was building the family's name. Hallelujah. So you see, because of Joseph alone, I mean think about it, Israel was known. Israel recognized the whole of his children. In fact, he was truly a builder of the family name. What do you do? how are you how are you intending or how are you at all trying to build a family name as part of your biological family i'm talking about the household of faith. how many people we know about christ through you because that's your true family in the first place hallelujah so in doing this we'll come to the place of maturity let me show you something there. What did I depose maturity in building the family's name? Okay. Ephesians 4 verse 13. Look at that. Ephesians four thirteen. It says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's, there's a level of maturity. You've got to get that. Ben means a mature son. That building the family name the point is this even let's bring him down to your local assembly how many people will want to go to your church because of you how is your character helping to get people get converted into your local assembly by reason of joseph alone his parents were known his relations were known. They had a good place. Pharaoh respected these people just because of Joseph. That's how to build a family name. What are you doing? When people come to, come to the church because of you, in your own biological family setting, how many people want to come and relate to your family? Because that word also means relationship. How many people want to come to your family because of your character? Husbands, wife, how many people, you see situations sometimes because of the attitude of, of, of the spouses, people just don't want to identify with particular family. Am I correct somebody? The wife could be naughty, the wife could be a talkative one, the wife could be a nagging woman. I mean all manner of things. My husband could be a drunkard, doing all manner of things. And the name of the family is being robbed the mud. Praise the Lord. But we're talking about Joseph. We're talking about the gates of Joseph. The man who is, is a fruitful band all over the world. The man who has come to the place who can build the family's name. We're talking about mature people. That because of you, men want to know God. Because of you, people want to identify with our family. Because of you, they want to become friends to your family. How many people can truly identify with your family or with your church because of you? As the gate of Joseph. Hallelujah. Are you with me? (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm going to come into maturity. To the stature of the fullness of Christ. Because you find that just like Joseph. Jesus through him. Made a declaration about who God is. The Bible says the one that revealed him. Through Jesus may God to know God through you, people should know who God is. They should know which family you belong to. Just by your character. The strength you carry. That is a burn. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 20. See, dealing with that. Maturity in the life of Joseph. But remember, it was just about 30 years ago when he started all of this thing. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14 verse 20. Brethren, be no children in understanding, it a malice be children, but in understanding be what? Be men. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Come on, are you with me? Let me read this from another translation. Let's just take a baby message or anything. There's a place from being a child. There's a place not to be a child. To be perfectly frank, I'm getting exasperated with your infantile thinking. How long before you grow up and use your head? Your adult head. It's alright to have a childlike unfamiliarity with evil. A simple no is all that is needed here. But there is far more to say yes to something. Only matured and well exercised intelligence can save you from falling into gullibility. Hallelujah just have we say no to pharaoh's wife are you there with me use your head (laughs) match your sons that can build a family name are you with me praise the lord it's okay to be a child but don't die being a child but he made mention of that if you go back to that place he talked about Issue of malice, issue of whatever. You understand that? Let's look at the next place. Let's see. Verse 21, 1 Corinthians 14, you can go back to King James 20, 21. Let's look at it. Be no children in understanding. Habit in malice. Be your children, but in understanding be men. Amen. Okay, we can stop that. Let us even take that verse 20 again and look at it very critically. In understanding, I mean in malice be ye children what is that supposed to mean in malice be ye children you see the drama that we watch here hmm? you keep grudges in your heart you keep envy in your heart you keep revenge in your heart no you cannot assess the gate of joseph with that kind of spirit joseph will not keep malice against his people because it's only meant to slavery Now, he has a way of revenging them if he had wanted to by the time they came to Egypt. He was the one in charge. But Joseph will not keep anything in his heart. Can you truly look at everyone in your household or in the family with a clear vision, with a clear face, I mean, with a clear mind? When you look at somebody's face, what do you see? Do you even want to see some, some other person's face sometimes along the line? Malice. In malice, you say you have to be like children. Why? Because children does not keep malice, their hearts are free. Are you with me? Children can just be angry with one another and quarter with one another, and the next five minutes they reconcile. I don't want to keep that. Write it down. Anything is coming up tomorrow. Remember what you did yesterday. You are trying to do another one now, or you are trying to repeat it. They are always storing up what people have done to them that is not a mature son it is always god forgive them for they know not what they do praise the lord are you them so there's something we are supposed to manifest in romans 5 verse 5 in, in in the level of maturity of Joseph to build the family name, this is the Spirit will carry. Roman five verse five. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We have love in our heart. We don't keep malice in our heart, we keep love in our heart. We exercise love in our heart. We manifest love in our hearts to all Joseph was full of love. And so he would tell the brethren, you thought it for evil, but God thought it for good. Just come. I'm in charge. There's food for you. Good land, Goshen. Come sit there. No malice. Love. Do you have love in your heart? Praise the Lord. Are you done with me? Amen. Okay. I want you to pick that because very vital. Very, very important that you have to walk in love. At all times, among yourself, within the church, walk in love. That's the only thing that brings you into the city of God. Walk in love. The love is already in our hearts. Don't let malice replace it. Don't let envy replace it. Let, let jealousy replace it. It's all love, nothing more. Just love. Praise the living God. Amen. All right. Um, One of the things we need Sometimes it's always a difficult thing You say, God, how can I do it? I don't know, but let me just give you this Philippians 1 verse 19 And I love that Because to help you, you'll be able to understand That there is the kind of prayer you can pray For your love to truly grow If I may use the word For I know that they shall turn to my salvation Through your prayers and the supplication I mean the supply of the spirit of Christ That's what I want you to get there is a supply hallelujah a supply of the spirit of who of Christ you need it regularly just like talk about deliberate give us this day our deliberate the level of love that you can exhibit directly really connected to the supply of the spirit of Christ hallelujah so sometimes you pray about a God I need a supply of your spirits more of the supply of the Spirit of Christ coming into your heart will bring you to the place of exhibiting true love at all times. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you need it. You need that Spirit. You need a supply, a regular supply of that Spirit. In other words, constant inflow of Christ's Spirit within you and out to other people. The more you receive, the more it goes out. You build in the family name as much mature son. Men can decide that will be coming to you because of the nature that you carry, the character that you bear. They want to come to you, they want to relate with you. Praise the living God. I mean, something baffles me that you can have somebody in mind such so that anytime the person's name is mentioned, it's like your stomach is turning. Hmm? Because of the level of hatred and anger and malice that you have something begin to walk in your stomach just because the person's name is mentioned because you don't want to hear it by that name you don't want to see that name you want to talk about it But friend may you be baptized today with the supply of the spirit of christ Amen. which is true love which forgives because you are building the family's name and you know scriptures say which i declare the generation or his generation the book of isaiah 53 and that is where we are today we are supposed to declare the generation of christ and get to think about it Because his supply of the spirit of love Is within us Hallelujah Number four Principle that you pick from The life of Joseph And this is very important as well When he was dying Like we read in Hebrews 11 verse 22 He said pick my bones along with you Don't bury me in Egypt In other words I don't belong here Even at death I don't belong here My life doesn't belong here now, that is very important for us to understand. Why do you think Joseph had to say, take my bones with you? Because he was in a foreign land. He had to go to his people. In other words, even at death, it was he identifying with the household of faith, Which has to do with the church. Take my body out of Egypt, wherever you are going to, going back to Canaan. Take my bones back to Canaan. Praise the Lord. So he was identifying prophetically with his church. And this is why you find that the bones of Jesus were not also broken on the cross. The Bible said none of his bones were broken. Why? Because his church was supposed to be one. If the bones of Jesus were broken, remember, the church is the bones of his bones and the flesh of his flesh. Is that okay? So if his bones were broken, the church would be scattered. But none of his bones were broken. Just as bones were brought from Egypt. We are talking about the household of faith that are fully united. And you've got to be united with the body of Christ. You are part and parcel of the body of Christ. The flesh of his flesh and the bones of his bones. And some of you live in a fragmented state. Disjointed bones are very significant in the bible remember the valley of dry bones in the book of ezekiel how many of you have heard about that before the valley of dry Bones that ezekiel prophesied bones you shall live how many of you understand that and the bible said the bones came together what it is that supposed to mean that was depicting israel in all forms of various nations in captivity so when the bones were coming together israel was being formed into a nation Bones are very significant in the Bible. You need to understand. Hallelujah. So when the bones of Joseph were carried, it was because we were identifying with the household of faith. How are you identifying with the church? Think about it. Because that's where you belong. That's where your real life is. How are you identifying with the household of faith? Joseph said, don't leave my bones here. Take them along with you. I'm talking about the gate of Joseph one of the major characteristics of this gate is identifying with the household of faith how are you identify with the church how are you identify with the body of christ locally and universally what's your identity like are you separated do you live your own wall i mean, living your own wall have nothing to do with people you don't make contact with your fellow christians you don't make contact anywhere how united are you with the church of god joseph said don't leave my boss here, i don't belong here Take my bones along with you when you're going back to canaan hallelujah he knew where he came from he knew where you're going to go back to even at death if you will he said take me back there take my bones there i belong to a particular nation i belong to a particular tribe i belong to a particular community how united are you i'm asking you again to the household of faith even the one you belong to in terms of your local assembly some of you we don't see you even here in local assembly Maybe we see you just once in two months, one to three months. No, not weekly activities. No, no, no. Prayer meeting. No, not for you. <laughs> How are you identifying? We talk of doing stuff. No, you can't think about making any contribution. How are you identifying with the church? Joseph i don't leave my bones. Take me along with you to Canaan. Are you there with me? I belong to a household that's the place that i by the grace of god raising him i belong there take me back home as a builder of the family name i've done that in egypt take me back home i belong to the household of faith and the bible calls it by faith by faith you recognize that praise the lord amen number five the dreams of joseph speak to me greatly in relation to what we're dealing with have been the gates I mean, of entering the city. Dreams. The gate of Jesus speaks to us of our ability to see and speak into the future. We must mature in that whole realm where we can become prophets of our own. We see the big picture of what God has in mind and our part and role in that agenda. This is very important. Joseph dreamed a dream. Remember the story of the 11 stars buying down the sun and the moon. And he was telling his father, this is what I've seen. The father interpreted and told him, Oh, are you trying to say your own brothers, myself, and your mother were going to buy down to you? It simply means Joseph got to know somewhere along the line he is going to rule over his family. Do you understand that? This gate gives you the ability to see your future. This gate gives you the ability to see what god has in mind but for his church for you as an individual for his church advisor the very agenda of god what is god intended to do what is god doing hallelujah that was the gate of joseph you could see your future it makes you a prophet of your own are you with me come on are you listening You know, sometimes some of the things that God shows you are the thing that keeps you going. Some of the things God has spoken to you are the thing that keeps you going. You see, Joseph would not abort his dream even with Pharaoh's enticement. Because he knew there is something great that God has in mind for me. This is the gate that enables you to see what do you know about your life. What do you know about your future. What do you know about what you are even doing now? The end of it. What do you know about it? So years back, I shared this, uh, a message. I think it's in one of those key sets then. You know, sometimes you're going through some pressures, and people will tell you, it's your cross. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. So that's your cross. Bear your cross. <laughs> i got to make you understand that there are three levels of crosses that you can find there are some cross you carry for yourself and god didn't give them to you you just relate to some people who put pressure and burden on your life it was not god that gave them to you you chose to pick those crosses when you walk in foolishness and forget the light that god is bringing your way you are anything you see is you you have nothing to do with god you just put yourself under oppression unnecessarily Sometimes, as we are yoked with certain people in life, whom we are not supposed to be yoked with. It's a choice you made. Nothing to do with God. So they say, take up your cross there. Therefore, all the oppression you are going through, you go along with it. No. There is a cross that the enemy can place on you. You also can break through from that. You can't be carrying the cross that God has not given to you. Are you with me? You must be able to identify this problem i'm going through this operation i'm going through did i bring it upon myself or somebody did it you should be able to know so let nobody just preach at any point in time no well that's your cross bear it you are suffering that's your cross who gave you the cross but when you read Hebrew 12 you see an interesting story the bible said For the glory that was set before him, talking about Jesus, he endured what? The cross. That's the cross of God. Anytime God gives you a cross, he shows you the end. If you are carrying a burden, you are carrying a cross, and you don't know what the outcome of the cross will be, it's not from God. Are you listening? For the glory that was set before him. Hebrews chapter 12, I think it was 2 or 3. So. The glory that was set before him, he endured the cross. Joseph went through because he saw the glory. There were prison in the wilderness, but God already promised the children of Israel, I'm taking you to what? To the promised land that flows with milk and honey. So the problem in the way they have nothing to do, they can still be able to endure because there is going to be a glory in Canaan. If you are carrying any cross that God has not given to you, I command that it come down in the name of Jesus Christ. Be loose from that cross. And so I can't preach to you. Just, you know, take up your cross. You're going through some useless thing, take up your cross. You know, anytime you take up your cross, I tell you, show me the glory. If I don't see the glory, it's not my cross. Because anytime God wants to give you anything cross-like, He shows you the end. Jesus, everybody enjoyed the cross because He saw the glory. What are you seeing on the cross you are carrying? It could be a cross you chose for yourself. It could be a cross that men impose upon you. And if any of those things are the things you are going through today, they will drop from your shoulder in the name of Jesus Christ so Joseph saw the big picture he knew there was going to be another life another season, a glorious one by reason of his dream I'm saying this gate can make you see your tomorrow praise God sometimes pastors through certain things and my only prayer is God this is not what He told me when we started this business you called me you want me to preach and I asked you a question you gave me answer. part of the answer you've given to me I haven't seen it You never gave this to me as part of my assignment. You talk to God. You could be a prophet of your own self. If you truly walk through this gate of Joseph. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Dreams are relevant. So you can't see yourself. Apart from Joseph seeing himself to be in that position. He knew the entire family are going to be part of the picture that God has given to him. Because think about it. When he was sold into slavery, he was already separated. But the picture said he will rule over his own family. That means he knew his family would join him some days. Because otherwise, how is he going to rule over them? How is he going to reign over them? How is he going to provide for them? The moon, the stars, and the sun. How is he going to do that? So he knew for certain that of the truth, one day in his life, his whole family will come together. And he will be in charge. So at the point of which it was separated, that was no longer a problem. It was just going to prepare. God taught it for good, though you taught it for evil. Amen? Are you listening? I want you to catch this. What do you know about yourself? This is the gate that opens you up to see your future, to see your tomorrow, to see the big picture of what God has in mind. I will encourage some of you to be in service. Next week, when we're going to be dealing with the issue of the last days of the conference, invite your friends you know you read end of the world and in Ephesians you read war without end have you read that before your Bible are are we together war without end end of the world what does that mean all we keep on saying while the world is ending tomorrow because something is happening so the world is ending tomorrow but Ephesians say war without end So which one is ending and which one is not ending? Try to be around. Invite your friends. So that we deal with the issue of what I just call the last day. Praise the living God. You need to see the big picture of what God has in mind. Which one is ending? And the Lord is saying the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Which one is ending? Where are the sons of God that creation is waiting for? Praise God. Are we there together? I'm trying to say if you truly enter through this gate, if you're walking in this gate, you will see your future. You will see your tomorrow. You will see the future of your children. Praise the living God. There's a scripture the Lord gave to me in my household that I don't miss meditating upon. And that scripture is playing out every day among the children my wife everybody that picture is playing out that word is playing out if you have some covenant scriptures for your family that this is what god gave to me personally hmm? if you should have some scriptures praise the lord help me let me put something Proverbs 9.11, let me just look at that, that is what I'm looking for, if you take time to read that, then we're almost going to be done here, Pro- Pro- Proverbs 9.11, can you get it? Praise the Lord, look at this, 1992, God gave this to me, when I was still in the University of Port Ica, Demonstration Secondary School, and God wanted me to go into ministry, I said, I don't want to go, 1992, something terrible happened in the night, my heart started expanding, and I literally was seeing myself dying. I was alone in the house. My friend I was staying with I've traveled to Lagos, and I had I have to cry out that night at about one AM and I say, "Oh God, is this the way I'm going to die?" And I heard this audible voice, Proverbs 9:11, and this is what it said: "By me, that days shall be multiplied, and the years of their life shall be increased." That is why I don't believe that no sickness will kill me no matter how terrible the thing is I go back to the scripture this is what you gave to me 1992 I don't forget it you should have some scripture which are convenient scriptures for you your life your ministry your family you should be able and that is the gate of Joseph praise the Lord 2010 we we're living for Singapore for a meeting had a terrible accident on the road. They called. Hey brother, we have told that you have an accident. Terrible one. And so please, we want you to stay behind. Stop coming to the conference. We're going to refund you your ticket. So that's not for me. I just bandaged myself and I was on the plane to Singapore. And God did wonderful thing in that meeting. The tomorrow, part of the connection that I have. Going to Minnesota Malaysia Came because of that meeting Tremendous work And the work was just going on Healings were taking place in the congregation but By me Your days Shall be what Multiplied And the years of their lives Shall be what Increase You can stop me Because God already made a covenant That's the gate of Joseph What do you know about your life What are you walking with? Which scripture are you standing upon when you pray? When things are rough? It's not about cross. Praise the Lord. Joseph knew. So no matter what the problem was, he knew he was going to rule over his people. And I've not started ruling yet, so I'm not going to die in the pit. I've not started ruling yet, I'm not going to die in the prison. He knew he was going to come out. Because God already gave him the bigger picture about his life. The gate of Joseph. Are you Praise the Lord. Let me give you another thing. Major fact about this gate. The gate of increase. Number six. Joseph means increase. And that is very, very, very significant. So when we talk about the gate of Joseph. We're talking about the gate of multiplication. It simply means you have to you are not only going to be increasing in the supply of the spirit of christ you must increase in your life you must, you see there is something that goes along the word increase the bible made us to understand joseph i mean jesus increased in wisdom and understanding and our favor amongst men and god how many of you have read that increase 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 it's a major factor you're increasing knowledge you should increase the knowledge of not just who you are but about the things of god what is your level of increase and if you understand what it means to increase it means to come to the place of dominion because it has to do with increase and multiplication hallelujah are you following <coughs> So, uh, for Joseph means increase, meaning, we are talking of the spirit of multiplication and increase in the things of God. Now, one of the things that follows increase and multiplication is dominion. Praise the Lord. So, the name of Joseph speaks of increase and dominion. That's the gate. This is the gate that brings you to the place of authority and power. To rule over that's the meaning of the word or the name Joseph praise the living God are you understanding what I'm saying God wants you to increase grace is true knowledge you have to increase in the knowledge of grace in the knowledge of the things of God you have to increase the increase brings that peace to you and brings it to the place of dominion and authority you know the word that God gave to Adam and Eve is, let's make mine our image after our likeness, they have dominion. And then the next thing told them, say, go ye into the world and do what? Multiply. That's increase. That's increase. You can't increase without multiplication. So what is your level? I mean, you've been a Christian for some time now. What's your level of growth? Like Ephesians will say, growing to the stature of the measure of who? Of Christ. How far have you gone? Are you increasing in Christ? Are you increasing your knowledge about Christ and of Christ? What do you have? Praise the living God. That's the gate of Joseph. To increase. So, if you, were, if you are where you were two, three days ago or last year or years gone by, you just make no progress in your spirit, you have not started assessing this gate yet. You have not said in this gate yet. Praise the Lord. You're listening. I want you to catch this that there's a need for you to increase. There's a need for you to multiply. It brings authority, it brings dominion. So when the name Joseph means increase, that means it's going to increase and multiply. And what happened? He went to Egypt. That factor was working in his life. When the brethren came, the factor was still working in his life. And all things were moving the way they are supposed to move because he bears the gene of increase right in his name. He lived at his name because he multiplied and increased. He had dominion because that is what the name stood for. To increase. And you can increase without multiplication. And when you multiply, you have dominion. Come on, are you with me? You have authority. You rule and what? You reign. So we're talking of this gate that brings you to the place of power, brings you to the place of authority, brings you to the place of multiplication. That's the gate we're talking about. Praise the Lord. And you remember what the Bible says in the Book of Isaiah: "The government shall be upon his shoulder. The increase of his government there shall be no end." Did the Bible say so? We refer to who to jesus christ increase the increase of his government the increase of his authority so when when you see the word joseph increase i'm talking about authority that magnifies that name hallelujah amen let me give you one more thing number seven the gates of joseph is to manifest the blessings of god upon our head through which Whatever Joseph did, he prospered because God was with him. Uh, I'm going to read the prophetic word again. And as I read, it is for you this morning. Hallelujah. So, again, Genesis 40, 49 verse 25. The increase, the multiplication in the life of Joseph. But when you start walking in this gate, there are blessings that come to you. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah so because of your father's God who helps you your father's God who helps you because of the Almighty who bless you with blessings of heaven above and blessings of the deep that lies below blessing of the breast and the womb your Father's blessing are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains. Than the bounty of old eight hills. Let all this rest on the head and on your, your head. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Let all this rest on your head. <laughs> when you start walking. On the gate of Joseph all this will rest on your head hallelujah your father's blessings are greater than the blessing of the ancient mountains i love that i love that the verse 25 is the key thing can you imagine one man receiving this kind of blessing from his father why do you think the man will not succeed why do you think the man will not prosper (laughs) glory to god look at the verse 25 again so powerful and listen, these blessings are coming not because of what you do, what you've done, what you're going to do is coming because of what your father's God. Did you understand that? Look at it again. these blessings are coming because of your father's God. and we all do know Abraham is truly our father. So we say Abraham's God hallelujah come on are you with me because of your father's God who helps you and because of your Almighty who bless you and there were the blessings of heaven's above blessings of the deep that lies below blessings of the breast and of the womb you got all because of your father's God that's a gate of Joseph this is a gate of blessing the grace of prosperity listen man you have no option but you're going to prosper you don't have a choice about it (laughs) glory to god you don't have a choice about it is god's blessing because of your father it's coming on you blessing from above is coming on you blessing from below is coming on you Blessing of the womb and of the presence is coming upon you. He said, let all this rest on the head of Joseph. So when you start walking on this gate of Joseph, the blessings are coming upon your life. It's not about struggling. It's because of your father's God. It's not because of how wise you are. It's because of your father's God. It's because not because somebody told you something. It's because of your father's God. So when you align to the house and you stay under the fathers as the father's god begin to walk this blessing begin to do what come upon your life you will not struggle in life you will not struggle in life let the blessing from heaven rest upon you and let the blessing from below rest upon you may you be blessed with the blessing of the breast and the womb in the name of Jesus stand up and let's pray to the father I want you to begin to talk to God concerning all of those things we've talked about at the gate of Joseph. Main groupasa hataka, rendokre sotira prosande ita haka prosiki masande, brobo santo koye amosentira agendiida. Lord bless him from above rest upon our people. Mamba tika prosenturi kahakaba. Lord bless him from beneath rest upon our people. Main dere santo kori masaka. Lord bless not the womb and the breast rest upon my people